treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's no Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley, and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing.
comes into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn days into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the shouting crucify could have come from these lips of mine the dirty shame was killing me it would take a miracle to wash me clean and then I read the red letters and the ground became a free man that day Felt like lightning hit my veins And my dead heart began to beat Breath of God filled my lungs And the Holy Ghost awakened me the Holy Ghost awaken me when I read the red letters and the ground began to shake the prison walls started falling and I became a free
And I am a free man today. Today is communion, the Lord's Supper at our church. So we're going to take a break today from the book of Hebrews and do this today. So there's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements, and there's quite a few scriptures we're going to begin with. The first one, these will also be on the screen if you don't have an outline in your lap. The uh, first one will be in 1 Corinthians 11. 33. So we're going to read, uh, have a lot more text than we usually would. 1 Corinthians 11, 33. And I'm going to go these, through these a little slower than I usually would. But this is the classical chapter in the Bible on, on communion, the Lord's, the Lord's Supper. Paul giving instruction to that church about how to do this. this I think this is almost like the last verse of the, the chapter. But if you've taken communion with us here before, uh, we often deal with this. Uh, this is almost like the last word that Paul says to them about communion and instruction. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, that, <clears throat> that is to take the communion, the bread and the juice, wait for one another, okay? Uh, just, as I said, I'm going to go through these a little slower than I usually did, would. But that's the title of the message today, wait for each other, wait for each other. That's more than just, and I, and I know Paul meant this, and, and we do this, and when we actually get to passing out the bread and the juice, I'm going to tell you this, if, you know, take it if you want to, please hold it until everybody's had a chance to take, and then we'll take it all at the same time as, as a family. Wait for each other. But I do think there's a lot more meaning to that than just hold the bread and juice until everybody's had a chance to take. I think it means a lot more than that. It just means a Christian life. Wait for each other. I'm going to come back to that, but try to tuck that away in your mind. Wait for each other. Next verse, uh, next scripture is Revelation. And this is kind of an odd scripture it might seem like to you at first to include with communion. But uh, Revelation 12 is about the fall of Satan. And what I want you to see here, when you read Revelation 12 and then look at what's going on around us, you, can, you would say, hey, that makes a little more sense now. It, uh, it's almost like what's going on around us explains the scripture, and then the scripture explains the culture also. But this, I'm going to just read two verses out of the Revelation 12. Both of them uh, surround and are about the fall of Satan to earth. First verse, uh, therefore rejoice, O heavens, this is 12.12, and you who dwell in them, here, here it is, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, that's us, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath. He's angry, very angry, because he knows that he has a short time. So the devil is, has come down to us, woe to us, because he is very angry. Who do you think he's angry at? Us. He's very angry. He knows that his time is short. Here it is. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but he's going to take as many of us with him 
as he possibly can. He knows that his time is short. He's doing everything he can to get you, to destroy you. The thief comes, but not but for to steal, kill, and destroy you. Okay, that's verse 12. The next verse is uh, verse 17. And the, and the dragon, devil, Satan, was enraged with the, enraged with the woman, and that's another, that's, that's another day to explain that. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, that's us, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So that's what he's all about, to destroy you, to make war with you. He's angry with you. And I hope, uh, it's odd to say it, I hope you can see that. I hope you can see that's what's going on around you. Okay, that's the book of the book of the Revelation, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, and then we'll, we'll have one more. We'll be out of Matthew 24, and we'll stay there. 2 Timothy 3, 13. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And when Paul wrote to Timothy, he wrote him about the last day. What you saw in Revelation chapter 12 is what's going on in the last day. The devil's come down. He's mad. He's making, making war with us. When Paul wrote to Timothy about the last day, this is what he said. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. When you look at that word will, Evil men and, and imposters will grow worse and worse. Is there anything in the big picture of things, is there anything we can do about it? Is there anything we can do to stop it? No. No. If we pray about it more, will, will all that be stopped? No. Why? Because the Bible says it will take place. It will happen no matter what you do it will okay now that's always kind of tough for me it's tough for me to preach about it it's tough for me to live it out in my own life the question is well if it's going to happen no matter what what should I do should I just give up you know me better than that right the answer to that is no should I just give up then then you know if I can't stop it what do I do? And, and the, the easy answer to that, and we're going to look at that more in uh, Matthew chapter 24, is that it might be happening all around me, but it doesn't have to happen to me. Okay, Evil men and imposters will get worse and worse. Now, uh, carry that thought on a little bit more in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus is talking directly to us about last day things. That's what the whole, the whole chapter Matthew 24 is, is about, and this will be the last verse that we'll look at. Because lawlessness will abound, because lawlessness will, will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Um, let's do this before I... Matt, can we uh, uh, put that next screen up and then go back to Matthew 24, 12? Just look at lawlessness, because there's one term I want to key in on. 
the verse we just read, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness, if you look in different translations, rampant sin, wickedness, iniquity, and this last one I really like because it helped me with this thought. The overwhelming spread of evil. Jesus said, in the last days, because lawlessness, and that's what all those words mean, because of the overwhelming spread of evil, overwhelming, not a little bit, because of the overwhelming spread of e- evil, the love of many will grow cold. Now, Matt, if you, if you can, put uh, Matthew twenty four twelve back up. Okay, because of the overwhelming spread of evil, lawlessness, it will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Now, you see the the words again, will. Lawlessness, the overwhelming spread of evil, will happen. Nothing you can do to stop it. Well, what do I do? We're going to get to that. Nothing you can do to stop it. You're you're not going to defeat it. It's going to take place. And so, because of that, the love of many will grow cold. Um, another way to say the love of many, the growing cold is indifference. So because of an overwhelming spread of evil, there's going to be an indifference, like almost like exactly the struggle that I'm having. Well, if we can't stop it, if we can't, if we can't change it, if we can't reverse it, then let's just give up. That's indifference. Because of the, the, uh, the evil around us, the culture, the whatever, seems so overwhelming, and it is. It doesn't just seem that way. It is that way. Then I'll just give up, and there's the indifference. The love of many will grow cold. So it will happen. The, uh, the overwhelming spread of e- evil will take place. It is taking place. And the, uh, the indifference, the Growing cold will happen. Now, I didn't. I don't have a screen for this, but the love of many will grow cold. I've, one translation I read said the love of most will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. You're going to see more indifference than not. You're going to see more lawlessness than not you're going to see more cold hearts than not. But I want you to notice what you don't see. It says the lawlessness will take place, the coldness will take place, many will grow cold, but it doesn't say all. There's our hope. It doesn't say all. It may be happening all around you, and it will happen all around. It will happen all around you and I suspect that it already is and and I know the feeling sometimes that uh, looking around me looking you know I have to live uh, live here too and I and I have a an overwhelming sense sometimes of what's the use because no matter what I do it's not changing it and I've got to be careful right there because if if I'm not careful right there What's the use? Uh, I'll just give up. I'll just go along with it. What's the use? I'm the only one. 
And if I'm not careful right there, the love of many, and that might be me, will begin to grow cold. There may become an indifference in me because I can't change I can't change the tide, I can't roll the tide back, I can't so let's just give up. And you know we're not going to do that. It doesn't say the love of all will grow cold. It says the love of many will. And it's happening. Uh, but I'm not going to let it be me. Okay, it's not going to be me. Uh, if you're looking at your outline and going to go to the last screen, evil and hatred lead to indifference. That's true. Evil around you can lead to indifference in you. I hate to say it, but I know it's true because it's going to be true of any group I talk to. Some of you here are already there. You've already given in. Because what's the use, you know? Everybody else is. Of course, every generation has heard that. Your mom talked to you about that, right? If everybody else jumps off a cliff, you know, uh, I told my mom, depending on how high the cliff is, but, it, but everybody, everybody's had to deal with that. But some of you are having to deal with that right now, and you're maybe already trying to give in to it, okay? Let's not do that. Let's not do that. It may, it may affect a lot. It may affect most, but it doesn't affect all, and I do not want it to affect me, okay? Now, uh, Matt, I tell you what. If I, I hate to run you back and forth, but let's go ahead and finish up by putting Matthew 24, 12 back up there. And, and I won't, we won't have you put any other, any other screens back up. Um, okay, I'm going to talk to you uh, as disciples of Christ. Okay? And I'm going to call disciples of Christ, it's the same thing, a follower of Christ. It's exactly what disciple means. A, a follower of Christ. I'm going to use three different types. Uh, there's a lot of ways I could say it, but I'm going to end up with devoted follower of Jesus. That's where we're going to en end up. A devoted follower of Christ. Are you that? What you think about it? Devoted follower of Jesus. Is that who, who you are? Now, there are other types. The Bible even, even talks about other types. There are those who are nominal followers of Christ. Nominal is a mathematic term. It means uh, small enough to not make a difference. So it's a nominal amount. That's, that's where that term comes from. So a nominal follower of Christ, what's that mean? So small that you can't tell the difference. Okay? There may be some of those here. You're a believer and a follower but so nominal that nobody can tell. Why? Because you're not making a difference. And so on the job, 
if you said one day to somebody, I'm a Christian, they might say, oh, really? <laughs> I, I didn't know that. You know, that's just an example. Or maybe at school, I'm a Christian. Oh, I didn't know that. Why? Because you're nominal. Now, you may be a Christian. The Bible puts it like this. Uh, Paul uses the word carnal. You are, Paul said, you are still babes in Christ. You are a carnal Christian. You're still a Christian. You're carnal. You're nominal. You're not making a difference. We all got to start somewhere. Okay, we've all got to start somewhere. But you may be nominal in your faith. The next one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call sporadic. Uh, kind of the next step more. Sporadic. There are, there are times when you're, you really are growing in your faith and it's making a, making a difference in you and it's making a difference around you, but there are times when you back off from that faith, you're sporadic, you're hit and miss, you're hot and cold. You're still there. That faith is still there. You are a believer in Jesus Christ, but your followership, your discipleship, you're, you're a sporadic follower of Christ. You have good days and bad Well, we all have good days and bad days. But the devoted follower of Christ learns to grow out of that and grow past that. But the sporadic is still the good days and the bad days. They're st you know, still struggling with that. Then back to where we started, the devoted. Which one are you? Which one are you? Devoted. I want you to take that seriously. It's not nominal. It's not sporadic. I mean, it's every day. I mean, it's every day. A lot of people, when I talk to them, I'll, I'll start off a conversation with, uh, how often do you think about God? Or I'll start off with, how often do you pray? And I'm curious about the answers. Amazing the number of answers they get. How often do you think about God? And the answer sometimes is, uh, hardly ever. For the devoted follower of Jesus, you cannot imagine that. Hardly ever. The other question, how, how often do you pray? Amazing the number of answers that I get. I haven't prayed for months. For the devoted follower of Jesus in the room, you cannot imagine that. For the devoted follower of Jesus, it's hard for you to imagine not thinking about God for an hour it's hard for you to imagine that in some way, some form, that, you're, that you don't pray almost constantly. Now, for the nominal, you're thinking, man, I, that, that ain't me. Right, it's not you. I'm concentrating now on the devoted. There's hardly an hour goes by you don't think about God in some way. In fact, some, some of you are thinking this right now, an hour is too long. You know, I think I got a whole lot more, more than that. 
and the go-to story, it's not really applied to this, but the lady I was talking to, she said, you, you'll, some of you I know will remember this. She said, if you do, if, if I do what you're talking to me about, I'm going to have to think about Jesus all the time. Yeah, that's it. But she was one of them that said, how often do you think about God? Hardly ever. You know, I'm trying to get you to change that. For the devoted follower of Jesus, you're thinking about Jesus almost all the time. You're praying. You're doing what Paul said, pray without ceasing, right? Here's the thing. For you that say, I am a devoted follower of Jesus, you're rare. You're rare. I tell you, you are rare. You are odd. You are strange. You know what Paul called, the word Paul used? You're peculiar. You're really weird. <laughs> in a culture we live in, you are really weird. You are odd. You're strange. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's me. You know, here's the thing. I want to say to the devoted follower of Jesus Christ, keep it up. Keep it up. You're odd. You're strange. And here's what I want you to know. You always will be. From here on until the end, you always will be. Why? Because evil men and seducers are going to be getting worse and worse. Lawlessness will keep getting worse and worse. The love of so many around us will get more cold and more cold. There's going to be more, in, more indifference. The world is going to start looking more and more unlike you. Here's what I want you to get out of your head. That there's going to be a whole lot of people like us. No, there's not. No, there's not. There's going to be a few like us. The world is going one way. The devoted followers of Jesus is going the other way. And the Bible says the world will get worse and worse. Most will go that way. But it doesn't say all. And it doesn't say me. And it doesn't have my name on it. So as long as it doesn't have my name on it, I'm going the other way. But I've got to get out of my head that a whole bunch of people are going to go with me because they're not. They're just not. Now, I know that's kind of discouraging news, but I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you the truth. I'm trying to get out of your head this uh, disappointment that you feel because I don't understand why most people don't see, the, see things the way I do. I don't understand why most people don't care. I don't understand why there's such, there's such, uh, there's such coldness of heart. I don't understand why so many people are indifferent well, because the Bible's true, that's why. And many people will go that way, but not all. Here's what happens, and I don't want this to happen to anybody that's in the room or anybody that would watch this. You're a devoted follower of Jesus. Keep it up. Don't let anybody, anything, 
a crowd of anybody's, a crowd of anything, distract you or change you. To, to change your course, to change your direction. It gets very discouraging to be such a small minority. You want to give up. You want to just, you know how many times I've said, I wish I could just be like everybody else. And then I look at everybody else and say, nah, <laughs> I don't really want to. Some, some, sometimes I think, I wish I could just have a job like everybody else. And then I think, nah, not really. I think I'll just stay on the course that, that I'm on. I want to be, I want to be a devoted follower of Jesus. And that's a minority. Most people are not going to go with you. Most people are not going to walk with you. Most people are say, well, I'm not, I can't be, I'm not going to be that fanatical. And they won't. Don't let that discourage you. You are very unusual if you are a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Great. Stay that way. Don't give in. So many are going to let their hearts grow cold because of what's going on around them. Don't let that be you. Now, we're going to take communion this morning, and we're going to have a, a prayer time before we do, kind of as we do. And during this prayer time, this is our chance to examine ourselves. That's, that's what this is for. We're going to have a prayer time where you can come to the front and pray. Uh, yeah, the musicians, come, come on up. We're just going to have the, the musicians play this morning. And this is your chance to come up to an altar and pray. You can come up and stand and pray. I want uh, this prayer time to be for two things. The first is for you. For you. This is a chance for you to examine yourself, to get things right between you and the Lord, between you and Jesus, before you take the bread and the juice. The second one, more on my heart, even though I need to do that first one too. The second one, more on my heart, is those people who I am praying for. Uh, it's happened to me this last week. I get discouraged praying for them, trying to reach them, can't understand why they won't respond, can't understand how they can be so cold, so careless, and I just want to give up. And then I think, you know, I'm trying to be a devoted follower of Jesus. There's going to be a whole lot of people that aren't going to go with me, but I can't let that stop me. I, I, I cannot let that stop me, okay? So, the next thing that we may want to pray for is that somebody that's on your heart, somebody you've been praying for. You need to pray for yourself. You need to get ready to take the bread and the juice. But there's somebody else that's on your heart that, hey, I'm just going to say it like this. They don't care anything about this. They don't care anything about the bread that represents the body of Christ. They don't care anything about the juice that represents the blood of Christ. I got a whole lot of people in my life like, like that. 
And I get discouraged. And, and I, I wonder, you know, why can't they? Why won't they? But I'm not going to stop. And I need to listen to myself preach from time to time. And I need to do what I preach. And so this morning for me is kind of, uh, no, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to back off. And I need to pray for them. There may be somebody, as you're here this morning, you need to pray for yourself, but there's somebody on your heart you're burdened for, and maybe you feel the same way, like, man, I, I almost feel like just giving up. Don't. This isn't the time to give up. It's not the time to back away. It's time to pray. Well, I, I'm going to ask you to stand. And as the guitar plays, I'm going to sit down here on my step and I'm going to pray for somebody. And if you need to pray for yourself, pray for someone else on your heart. You just come and pray. That's what this time is for.